Chapter 109 of Vani the Vampire, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vali. Vani the Vampire, Volume 2 by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter 109 The Preparations for the Wedding of the Baron Stolmoyer of Salzburg There is a common adage which inculcates the necessity of striking while the iron is hot, and this was an adage which, to judge from her conduct, seemed to have made a great impression upon the mind of Mrs. Williams. And she thought that as regarded her daughter's feelings the iron was hot and that if she struck now she might be able to wring from her a consent no matter how reluctant to call the baron stolmoyer her husband the objects which mrs williams felt certain she should succeed in achieving by such an union in her family were far too weighty to be easily dispensed with they not only comprehended the five hundred pounds which the baron had so judiciously promised her upon the wedding day being fixed but she had an eye to after circumstances and considered that the son-in-law who could spare five hundred pounds as a mere bribe to her would be an endless source from whence she could draw her pecuniary supplies and then thought mrs williams there are the other girls to get off too and what a famous opportunity it will be to do that when they can be at all the grand parties the baron will give at anderbury house to an intriguing woman such as mrs williams was in reality all these advantages appeared in full force and if ever she made up her mind thoroughly and entirely about anything in the world she certainly did that her daughter Helen would be the Baroness Stolmoyer of Salzburg. She certainly wished in her own heart that the Baron had chosen one of her other daughters, because then she knew that she would not have had to encounter the position she had done, and perhaps had still to encounter in the case of Helen. But as it was, that part of the business could not be helped and she helen was to be sacrificed if the baron had thought for twelve months over the matter he could not have come to a better conclusion as to the best means of making mrs williams a zealous partisan of his than by distinctly naming a sum of money that she should have and when she should have it for now she considered that every moment's delay was a prize of actual criminality on the part of helen inasmuch as it was keeping her mrs williams out of a large sum of money there was one thing however which she did at once and that was to go to the different rates people who had had the awful insolence to stop the supplies and tell them that her daughter helen was about to become the baroness stolmuir and that 
if they continued to execute orders and to wait with patience they would all get paid within one month this positive announcement staggered some of them for they would hardly have thought it possible that she would have made it if there had not been some great foundation for truth in it of some sort and it was one of these announcements which as the reader is aware had been overheard by tom the son of the old sailor and which when reported had created so much consternation in the mind of the young man who had been saved by jack pringle from the wreck on the following morning the lady received a laconic note from the baron in which were the words madam have you settled with your daughter the day and the hour of my nuptials with her i have drawn a cheque in your favour and only wait your further proceeding in the affair to sign it and send it to you i have the honour to be madam yours truly stolmuir mrs williams this note put mrs williams into a perfect fury of impatience the idea that actually a cheque for five hundred pounds should be drawn in her favour and only awaiting the signature of the baron and that by one word her daughter helen could procure that signature was absolutely maddening she rushed at once to helen's room poor helen knew enough of her mother to feel convinced from the first that no possible exertion would be spared for the purpose of forcing her into that marriage which had no charms alas for her but which on the contrary presented itself to her in the most hideous of all possible aspects from the first moment that her mother had broached it it had seemed in its remembrance to lie at her heart like a lump of lead she seemed already to feel that after an unavailing resistance she would have to yield and then that her future existence would involve in it all the pangs of despair and regret alas alas she said under what fatal planet was i born that i should be so unhappy as i now am what will become of me and how shall i gather resolution enough either to bear with seeming patience the fate that afflicts me or to resist the machinations of my mother who would force me to wed this man whom i cannot love the long absence of her lover was so perplexing a source of worn reflection to her that already it had sapped much of the joy of her young existence he surely ought she said and might have found some means of communicating to me long ere this he might well know and must know that suspense is of all feelings the worst to bear oh why am i thus deserted by all and left to the mercy of the worst of circumstances with her sisters poor helen could have no sympathies in common either of them would have been delighted to change places with her as regarded the fact of becoming the baroness of salzburg and they had towards her a tolerably cordial ill-will 
on account of her superior charms, which made her so much admired, while they were left to pine in maiden meditation, fancy-free. But to Helen Williams, this gift of beauty was what it truly has often been described, a most dangerous one, and she would have given the world to have been able to wear an appearance that would have repelled instead of attracted the Baron Stolmuir. She was in this desponding state of mind, revolving in her mind her dismal prospects, if she should consent to wed the Baron, and her equally dismal ones if she should refuse. For well she knew how painful a position with her family such a refusal would place her in, when her mother entered the room. Mrs. Williams had so thoroughly determined that this marriage should take place, that she could not have said to have now sought her daughter to persuade her to it, but on the contrary to insist upon it. The sisters, too, with whom this unnatural mother, or rather perhaps we ought to say too natural, but too common mother, had held a conversation upon the subject, were anxious, despite the jealousy upon the occasion, that the affair should proceed, because certainly the next best thing to themselves making such an alliance was to succeed in getting it made by some other of the family and they fully intended making Anderbury on the Mount their home. What, Helen? exclaimed Mrs. Williams, in tears as usual. Have I not cause for weeping, mother? Well, well, I cannot say much to you beyond the few words I have come to say. I have, I fear, as regarded this affair of the offer, that was made to you by the Baron Stolmuir, behaved precipitately. Oh, mother, cried Helen with renewed hope, I am rejoiced to hear you say so. Then you will not now ask me to sacrifice myself to a man whom I can never love? Say no more of the past. It is sufficient that you have awakened to better resolves now, dear mother, and I shall be happy. Such words as these ought to have softened the mother's heart, but such a woman had no heart to soften, and after a pause she proceeded in her plan of operations. Well, my dear, perhaps it is all for the best. It must be for the best, mother, because it never can be for good that I should have consented to plight my vows to one whom of all others, I cannot look upon with the least affectionate regard. Indeed, mother, so much as I can absolutely dislike anyone, I dislike that man. There's no occasion to say anything more about it, my dear. I have come to bid you farewell, and heaven only knows when we may meet again. What do you mean, mother? I mean, my dear, just what I say. I'm going now at once to a prison. A prison? Yes, it certainly is not an agreeable idea, but as I told you, I was too sanguine, 
and built too much upon your consenting to marry the baron so i borrowed a sum of money to pay some pressing debts but as i have not been able to repay it i am arrested and have now only persuaded the man to go away upon giving him a solemn promise that i will in half an hour's time be at the gates of the town gaol helen heard this declaration with a feeling of perfect horror she was too little acquainted with the usages of society to see what a transparent light really was and to her mind it did not appear improbable that a man who came to arrest anybody should take their word to come to the gaol in half an hour oh mother mother she sobbed can this be i don't know said mrs williams if it can be or not all i know is that it is so and that i am perfectly willing to pass the remainder of my days in the dungeon helen's ideas of prisons were all procured from romances and she was not at all surprised consequently to hear her mother talk of a dungeon and if she had added something about chains and bread and water and a heap of straw merely for a bed it would have found a ready credence with poor helen no wonder therefore that the idea of such a catastrophe presented itself to her in the most terrific colours and she saw at once all her recent congratulations upon an escape from a marriage with the baron stolmeyer of salzburg scattered to the winds of heaven she was so petrified with astonishment and grief that for some moments she could not speak and mrs williams took care to improve upon that silence by adding i am sure i should be the last person in the world to ask any daughter of mine to make a sacrifice but as i have been so foolish because i took a pride in my family as to go into expenses i cannot stand why of course i must take the consequences oh no no oh it's all very well to say oh no no but it's oh yes yes and all i have to ask of you now is to say that business has compelled me to leave this part of the country and after that the best way will be to say that i am dead heaven help me and then of course continued mrs williams in the most matter-like and self-denying tone in all the world and then of course people will leave off making any inquiries about me and you may all of you in time manage to forget me likewise mother mother is not this cruel my dear i really cannot say that i think it is i am and have been mistaken and perhaps i did push the affair of your marriage with the baron stolmeyer of salzburg a little too far and too much counted upon it i know i am apt to be too sanguine i am well aware of that it's a little peculiarity of mine but i cannot help it and when we have those little peculiarities all we can do is to put up with it as best we may but mother oh it's no use talking is the creditor so very inexorable yes 
and only on one account he thinks I have deceived him. That's the fact, and having asked me to give a decided answer if the wedding day was fixed between you and the baron, for nothing else would satisfy him. And as, of course, I could not say that, he got quite furious, and at once threatened me with law proceedings, which I did not think he really meant, but it appears he did, for here I am arrested. But can nothing be done? Not that I see. The baron, when he made the proposal, was anxious for an immediate reply, and then he would have made some very handsome settlement, which would have been soon known, and anybody would have trusted me. But as it is, the only thing that can save you all will be for me to go to prison at once and so disappear. Helen wept bitterly. And therefore, my dear, I beg you won't think anything of it. I'm quite willing to go at once without any more fuss about it. But I have not yet said anything to your sisters, because I thought that the first explanation was due to you in the affair, since you were the most mixed up with it. Oh, this is too dreadful, much too dreadful. Farewell, farewell. We may meet again, or we may not. I wish you all manner of happiness. Mrs. Williams moved towards the door, but before she reached it, Helen sprung after her, and detaining her, cried, No, no, it must not be. If there is an imperative necessity for some victim, let me be it. Oh, let me be it. What do you mean, Helen? asked Mrs. Williams, in pretended surprise. I, I mean, mother, that, that I will, to save you, give up all hopes of happiness in this world, and that although I would far rather go at once to my grave, I will, since my destiny seems to point out that it must be so, consent. Consent to become the Baroness Stolmoyer of Salzburg, and, and, do I hear aright? Yes, yes, heaven help me. I feel that I have no other hope. The dreadful alternative that is presented to me leaves me no other course to pursue. I must and I do consent. If it will at once save you from the prison. It will, my dear, if I can succeed in convincing my importunate creditor that you have really consented, and that it is not a scheme of mine merely to escape a prison. But if you write a few words signifying your consent, that will be quite sufficient. This was an artful proceeding on the part of Mrs. Williams, for although she by no means intended to put the baron in possession of such a document, yet she considered that by having it, she completely protected herself from any reproaches which he might otherwise cast upon her, should any hitch arise in the proceedings, or anything go wrong with the affair, even at the last moment. The few words in writing which sufficed, as Mrs. Williams thought, fully to commit poor Helen to the marriage were freely written, for there was no duplicity, 
in the character of helen and what she said she would consent to she was quite willing to write well my dear said mrs williams although you don't feel happy just now about the marriage you may depend upon it you will enjoy your existence very much for when you get a little older you will find that it is after all the possession of ample means that is the most important thing to look to helen shook her head but she made no reply she did not at all agree with what her mother said but she felt by far too much depressed to argue the point with her just then you will all your life added mrs williams as she left the room have the great consolation of knowing that you saved me from a prison and in doing so absolutely saved my life for although i did not say before i'm quite sure i should have died End of chapter 109